I was sitting there in worship, a scripture came to my heart. Luke chapter 4, 18. I was thinking how amazing and how different it is for Jesus to say this. Because everybody in the temple were looking for the Messiah. They, they all studied. And here Jesus pops in on the scene. He unrolled the scroll and he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want everyone to see that. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach hope to the poor. Say, Jesus was anointed. And Jesus anointed me. Put your hand on your own chest and say, I am anointed. Doesn't matter how I feel. It don't matter what I've been through. It don't matter what people said. It don't matter what I look like. I am anointed. I'm not depressed. I'm not hopeless. I am anointed. Something's about to change in your life today. Everything comes with the anointing. If you can grab a hold of this, I'm telling you, you'll break depression off your life. You, you will get yourself out of the pit that you're in right now or, or, or the pit that's trying to hold you or drag you back into. If you can lay hands on yourself and believe the truth that I am anointed, you'll throw the grave clothes off right now and say, I ain't dead yet. Who believes that? Matter of fact, come on up here. The price is right for you. See, you got to enter in with thanksgiving. Cameraman, I'm going to keep you busy today. Stand right here. Face me. Lift your hands. Father, I speak to his inner man right now that you strengthen him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And wherever he takes his feet, God, that you'll drip the anointing there. I pray right now that the spirit of a breaker rest upon him. And whatever is he sees in the spirit that's locked up, that he will speak life in it in the name of Jesus. I speak of boldness upon his life. And that same joy that you stand with, you will drip it and you will leave it where you go. And where things are bound up and depressed, it will be broken and not just broken for one moment, but it will break for decades. It will break for generations. There's curses and things that people believe that you're going to set them free from. There's no generational curse. You're under the generational blessing. And you're going to teach that and you're going to preach that and you're going to set generations on fire. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. The, the Lord showed me a joy train. You will be the first one on it. Stay on up here. Get behind me. This joy train is going to go around the building. And I'm going to pick people up. You, you got to have to catch this. If you're looking for a message, I am the message today. And you are missing, you're the message too. You're an epistle, you're a living, breathing book of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you go, people are looking at your message. They're reading your message. It's time for some people's pages to be open for the first time. And as I go around, get on, wife. Get on, woman. Ain't that what Jesus said to his wife, his mom? Woman, what I got to do with you right now?
we're going to go around this building. And if you can release joy, and if you have joy, I want you to get on this bus, on this train. And if you're looking for joy, the train's going to come around. I want you to get on too with faith. Amen? Amen. Look, the, we're, we're, we're already filling up. And I've got the joy, 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 joy down here. If you can't dance, no matter. Down I'm on beat, you off beat, we'll never miss a beat. Down in my heart, I got the joy, Let's joy, go. joy, joy. Down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. Get on, get on. Get on, Dan, get on me, Sue. We're gonna drop this joy, 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 joy down, down in him. my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to say. so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. If you see somebody that needs joy, I've got go the ahead and pray over joy, them. Joy, joy, down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. The joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. I'm so happy, so very happy That's that I've right got now. the joy of Jesus in my heart. I'm so happy, so very happy, and I've got the joy of Jesus in my life. Father, I declare over every one of their lives that the anointing, the expression of joy that's on their life will go with them. That same tangible anointing will be transferred to everyone that needs joy in the name of Jesus. I pray that things are broken off of their families, off of their finances. Everything that hinders their joy will be broken in the name of Jesus. This is your freedom dance. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You just stirred the river up. <laughs> Jesus. I was, I was writing a good message over the week, and I'm listening to God, and I'm writing, and I'm like, oh, this would be good right here. Oh, right here, this is where I know God's going to move. I'm writing all the things down, planning it all out, and when I was finished, God said to me, am I enough? And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, this is, good, this is good stuff. Fresh downloads. And he says, yeah, but am I enough? He said, if, if you get down from preaching and nobody say, oh, that was awesome. 
if nobody say Jesus, if nobody jumps and shout, and the only person that celebrate what you said was me. Am I enough? Because so many times we as preachers, we can put together great stuff. Some stuff that God's saying, that's for your personal time. See, teaching sometimes, that some of the stuff that we write, God says, that's your individual time with me. And our preaching comes out of our living. That's why I said I am the message. Because so many times, what is supposed to be your personal time with God, we end up teaching it because we want to show the freshness and the, the revelation, the deepness of a revelation that we got. When God says, that, that's me going deep with you, and you living out the message that, that you wrote down is the message that you give to the people. Think about that. Jesus' teaching all came out of who he is. He didn't, he didn't go into a room and, and, and take notes and, and then write it down and get up and say, nothing's wrong with that. Hear what I'm saying. What he did was he showed up and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I mean, how many people in your circle need you to just show up and be the message? Yeah. I share a story all the time about one of my boys that, that was an atheist. He wouldn't listen to anything to do with God, but he loved talking to me. And one day he sat down and he said to me, you know, Mr. Williams, you're the only person that gets me. No teacher, no this, no that. He went through a whole list of people and said, none of them ever get me, but you know me best. And then I sat down and I said, you know what? Let me share a story with you. And I began to share with him where I got the words from that I give to him. You know, that's just Matthew chapter 5. And when he, he, he saw that, all I did was open the book and was the book to him. Really, Jesus gets you. So he, he, he was falling in love with Jesus, thinking here he's falling in love with me. I don't mind. <laughs> but the truth is, he's moving through our life. He's moving through our hands and our feet. And when we open our mouth, it's not my words. It's his words that's coming through, that's giving life to people's life. It's him that's breathing and touching and reaching and going. It's all him and none of me. I'm just the fabric that he wears. Just like the pants that you got up and stuffed your legs in. Jesus stuffed his body inside of this flesh, and he dwelled among my family. Somebody's going to catch that. You, you, you thought that he was gone when he tagged him the Holy Spirit, but no, he came down and said, I'm still going to dwell among you. I'm going to dwell inside you. The same God that was walking with Peter, uh, walking with Paul, is now living inside of us today. So that means the same thing he did, I can do. Somebody say, I'm anointed. It's time for us to lay our sweaty palm on somebody and know that it's not me, it's Jesus laying his hands through me. Are, are you with me? Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 17. This is what he shared with my heart. He said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made non-effect. That's uh, King James. But the Passion Translation I really love says, For the anointed one has sent me on a mission, not to see how many I can baptize. See, we, our focus as churches is how many is coming, how many showed up. And, and, we, and we determine if it's a move of God based on the response from the people. Are you listening? So here, here, here's a man who is totally crushed and totally sold out to God saying, I'm not here to count the numbers. I'm not here to see how many I can get baptized, but to proclaim what? The good news. And I declare this message stripped of all philosophical arguments 
that empty the cross of its power, true power. Listen to that. So, so when I open the scripture, hear me now. I love great teaching. That's why I love Jim. God told me when I was writing, he said, what are you doing? He said, there's already great teaching. I want you to write this down. Gazers bring the amazer. Think about every revival that happened from the Zuza Street, the Wells of Revival. All of them had gazers. People that could sit and behold the beauty of God. God told me that from this place in Palo Ohio, it's going to be a great awakening. I share with my RC groups. From this place, there's going to be a, a river that flows. This troubling of the river is going to overtake the banks of Zion Church, and it's going to flow down Sawmill Road. It's going to flow down to all the businesses, and people are going to come to this place to behold the beauty of God. They're not going to come to hear none of our great preachers. We got a lot of them here. Great teachers, great musicians. But they're going to come for one person, and that's the one that's seated on the throne. What causes them to love like they love? That, that weight of, of, the, of, of the love of Christ is going to overflow from this place and people going to clock out on work and come over here. People going to leave their jobs and say, I'm going to take my lunch break, but they're not going to go to lunch. They're going to come over here. Are, are you with me? I begin to, to cry because I love to preach. I love to write down things and, and share it when God says, that the thing that, hear me now, when I was in school, they used to, I used to get in trouble for daydreaming all the time. How many are daydreamers? You're gazers. I would daydream, and my teacher would be like, get back on track. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to focus, but my mind would shift again. And God said to me that I made you a, a dreamer. I made you someone that can see into the spirit realm and, and see what I'm doing and see what I'm saying and use that and, and, and get people, bring, bring people into what I see, what, what you see, and share my heart, with, uh, share the secrets of God with those that, that, that need to hear from him, the good news of who I am. Somebody say the good news. And I said to myself, when I first started preaching, Oh, Lord, I can't preach like this person who has been son of a pastor, son of a bishop, son of this and son of everything else. I'm like, well, my dad was an alcoholic, crackhead. I'm going through all the things that why I'm disqualified. And God's saying, no. The fact that I called you means it has nothing to do with your ability. It's not, it's not about what you say and how you say it. And so many people hear what God's about to do in this next season. God has been speaking to you, but, but you've been hesitating because you don't think that you can say it right. Like right now, there's somebody who gets down the left, left side of their, their face. They feel a tingly sometime. Who's that person? That's the spirit of revelation. God says, I'm going to speak to you, through you. When you feel that tingling... He says, I'm about to release what I'm saying. It's not you. It's me speaking through you during that season. So when you hear that tingling, know that I'm speaking through you, and you have to step out with boldness and say it. Are you with me? So I begin to cry out. I said, Lord, I want to see your power. How many want to see the power of God? See, power doesn't come from just teaching. Power comes from lovesick individual. Are you with me? Because you have to rightly see how God sees. If you want the power to be released, 
then you have to see how God sees. You have to have the same passion and compassion that Jesus had. He was moved with compassion and healed. Amen? Amen. So if you never get to the point where your heart is moved the way his moved, how are you going to release that power properly? Are you with me? See, if I don't, if I can't see a multitude of people, when you think about when Jesus came, the crowd was filled with everybody. He knew where everyone were and what was in their walk. He knew how how people were distant. He knew who was there to to try to discredit what he was doing. He knew who was there because they were sick and tired of being in their condition. He knew who was there who was just hungry. He knew who was there who was just listening on the bank. He knew everything about the crowd. And, and, And none of them moved him other than seeing what's keeping them from beholding him. Are you with me? He saw what was, what was the block on their hearts. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's unbelief, he knew how to get past that block. He knew how to get past that barrier. And that's because he was moved with compassion. He, was, he is love. Say, he's love. he's love. If he's love, so am I. You're not anything other than that. My, my little daughter over here, she talks about how you love people that don't love you or don't care for you. You know that when you get so on fire for God, nothing else matters. Not the people that misuse you. How many people have been used before? Ain't it amazing how when people use us and abuse us, we get upset, but we say, Jesus, use us. What, what do you think he about to do? He about to, he, he'll wear you out. Every day you get up, you got to love the same way. You got you to show grace the same way. You got to show mercy the same way. Use me, God. Okay, I'm going to bring this person that hates me and he hates you. And then you sit there and complain, God, this person did me wrong. Well, you said use me. Do you know they used Jesus? They did him wrong. They abused him. They nailed him to a cross. They hung him high and wide. And he was still preaching. His love never changed. He was steady. Think about this. Jesus on the cross felt forsaken. In the absence of feeling his father, he still never abandoned the mission. Why have you forsaken me? Well, by faith, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. He stayed the course when everyone that he saw on the earth tucked tail and ran. And when the father, he felt like the father withdrew his presence from him because he became sin on the cross. Are you with me? Say, I can't change. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 3. My brothers and sisters, When I first came proclaiming to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. How many times we fill rooms up looking for a personality? We'll fill a room up looking for the one gift. But but the giver of that gift comes every service. Jesus can use this little baby to have healing go through this room. And and he's just enough to do that. So when you're looking for a personality, the healer is already in the house. Are you with me? I sat outside of a service one time and I was talking to a little lady who was waiting on a a personality to come into the building. And I said, what are you here for? It wasn't here, it was at another church. And she said, well, I'm here to see this personality. I said, well, you know, the God of that personality is here right now in that service. No, 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 I'm here specifically for that person. I believe that person is going to get me healed. I said, well, the healer's in the house. She sat there for 16 hours waiting on the evening service, 12 hours, 
And then when that personality showed up, he didn't do anything with healing. He just talked. Didn't call nobody up, didn't pray for nobody, didn't do what the person thought was going to happen. But the person that was there at the first service had everyone up there laying everyone out and everyone got saved, healed, and delivered. So if your eyes are looking at the gift over the giver, you can miss what God is doing. You can miss what God is saying. You can miss what God wants to do in your life, in your generation, and the generation after you if you can only look at the package. Are you with me? Who could be honest and say, I was in a bad relationship looking at a package before? I was. I was. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. Sometimes you look at what looks nice on the outside and it's full of MSG and everything else on the inside. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> verse 2 says for uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2 says, well, I, well, For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic. Listen to that. One topic. Somebody say Jesus. The crucified Messiah. Everything came out of that. You know, Paul was, he was not a dumb person. He was a theologian among theologians. He had much wisdom. He could share with anybody anything. And he could talk with the best of them. But he says, you know what? When I'm on a mission, I'm not thinking about none of that. I'm not trying to impress you with how much school I've been through. I'm not trying to impress you with how deep a revelation I can get. I'm not trying to say these thus and thous until you understand that, ooh, maybe he might be the lofty-minded one. He said, I was consumed with one thing, Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus. Let's look at this mind of God. I mean, we have telescopes that go trillions of miles away and it still is not far enough to see the galaxy. And he loved me with that mind. All of that mind, the stuff that we can't even tap into with what we have, he loves me with that mind. That's a big mind. There's parts of our brain we haven't even tapped into. We're still trying to search out our own mind but we think we can understand all of God's mind. Nobody has it all yet. This is the God of eternity working in time, and we're trying to take our little minds that we haven't even grasped the whole thing of and trying to learn a God who's lived always and always will live. And we're trying to squeeze it all into this little package and say, this is who God is. God says, you got a fraction of who I am. This is why gazers are so important. If you can get to the point where you can just be amazed with God and, and, and just say, he'll, he'll, he'll show you more. No wonder they're saying holy, holy, holy over and over and over in heaven. He's showing them more and more of him. They've been in eternity all this time and still haven't tapped into all of who he is. Think about that. He shows you something new every time. How I many like new things? Can you imagine something new every second of your life? Wow. You, that's, you're trying to repeat the old move. God says, wait a minute, I have a new move coming. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's happening in your life now, people are going to be studying it 10, 20 years from now, and guess what? This is going to be old. He's going to be on to something new. Are you with me? He's finished. He sat down at the right hand. He says, it is finished. If it's finished, then where's the problem? Could it be that we're asking God to do something that he's already finished in our life? Yeah. And he's waiting on you and I to grab a hold of that and say, God, <laughs> you finished everything. Uh, um, Lord, I thank you for my healing. Thank you for my deliverance. Thank you for my freedom. Receive what God has already done in your life. Are you with me? Yeah. It's a new day. No wonder joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. 
Listen, verse 3 is where my heart been for the longest. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with the reverence of God, and trembling under the sense of importance of my words. I said, God, I don't want to just get up here and say something that I know will move their hearts. I want you to speak through me and be understanding that every word I speak is coming from his heart. I don't want to just open up this book and just put together a message that will make them say, wow, that was a good message. Somebody showed up here that desperate for God and needs God today, needs him right now in their life. And God says, I'm going to meet them here at this very place. When was the last time you went to a room and you was trembling at the, what God's about to say? See, when something's easy, there's no shaking that. But some things God's going to tell you to do won't be popular. You will ruffle, mess up some people's feelings. Are you with me? How many people know tough stuff? Some things you'll say, you get one amen from. That's your wife. Baby, you did a good job. Always do a good job. Some things you're going to just have to amen from God. True story. My son. We all have kids. They go their ways. We believe in that what you put in them is going to sustain them in tough times. He looked at me and said, it's difficult living with you. I said, well, <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> he said, you and mom are just so saved. <laughs> You're just so saved. Everything is what did Jesus say? How did Jesus say respond? He said to me, I'm going to do it my own. I'm going to try it my own way. And I responded, what Jesus would say. You remember the prodigal son? You remember the father? How the father never changed how he felt about the son? The son took all his stuff and said, I'm going to live the way I want to live. And he went up to a far country, joined himself to a far country and everything that goes with the far country. And he found himself in a hog pen, spent all that he had, wasted it on riotous living, and then came right back to the father's house when he remembered who he was. And the father didn't wait till he came all the way to the house. He saw him coming, and he shouted in joy, and he expressed it. His son that was lost is now found, getting his ring and his robe, and had a feast for him, and celebrated him. The father's love never changed, and so mine will never change towards you. It's like, God, he's still talking about Jesus. <laughs> See, when, you, when, you, when your heart is so tied up with what Jesus says and what Jesus does, you don't get stressed out. You don't get bent out. That don't mean things don't affect you. I mean, we have emotions. But I'm not led by my emotions. I'm led by the Spirit. Are you with me? So many times we find ourselves on this roller coaster in life because our hearts are pulling us in one direction. That our faith is supposed to have us anchored in this direction. Are you with me? He says, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments. I'm not here to try to push you into righteousness. I want everyone to say this. 
I cannot control them. See, that, that's what a wrestle is. I'm trying to make my children. I'm trying to make my spouse. I'm trying to make my community. I'm trying to make the leaders. People, God gave us a free will. Are you with me? So I can't make someone do something. I can only say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and pray over them, and I anchor my heart in righteousness. No matter how, how they respond, no matter what's going on, I stay right here, anchored in the Lord, who keeps my heart. You know, he's the keeper of your heart, right? I keep myself anchored in him, and he keeps me from the, the ways of this world, the things that are happening in this world. You know, Jesus went through everything that we're going through, and he still stayed right here with Father. He didn't move. Oh, Jesus doesn't know anything about lust. You remember the woman at the well? She had all the men in the city. Did she not? Came, with, came over to Jesus. Jesus started talking to her about who she really is on her identity. The real issue at her heart. She runs back to all the men. <laughs> Let me tell you about this God I met that told me about everything. Even you and you and you and you. Are you with me? Maybe we have this backwards. Maybe instead of preaching for 45 minutes, maybe we're supposed to be gazing at his beauty for 45 minutes. Maybe we're supposed to preach for 10 minutes and worship and gaze at his beauty for an hour and 30 minutes. Think about that. Because after 10 minutes, half the people are gone anyway. I mean, uh, let's, keep it, let's keep it honest. You have one minute per age for kids. After three minutes, your toddler's gone. And if they're gone, mama's worrying about what they're doing. Are, are you with me? But think about David. David out there tending sheep, was gazing at who God is. He's looking at creation and saying, oh man, those flowers is wonderful. I wonder how the maker is of those flowers. Think about that. He's been, a, he's been one of the biggest daydreamers you can find on this, in, throughout the Bible. But he was the man known after the heart of God. He was tapped into what moves your heart, God. See, when you tap into that vein, Chris, when you tap into that vein, what moves the heart of God? My God, you get baptized in love. You get baptized in forgiveness. You get baptized in grace. And everything that moves his heart, you start to feel that, and you want to transfer that to others. You want to release that wherever you go. Are you with me? There's a, uh, a scripture. I have a loved one I like to talk about here. Ecclesiastes 5 and 2. It says, Don't, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. And the reason why I like to bring that scripture up because sometimes we can talk so much that we don't listen to what he's saying. I have a loved one that you'll call her on the phone. You call her on the phone. Hello? Hello? Derek, I was meant to tell you, and she started, I mean, I call you. But for 45 minutes, you're telling me what's going on. And I'm like, look, look, I just had something so important to share with you. And, and it's like double dutch. Can I go now? Can I go now? Can I go now? And next, you know, a whole hour passed, and you never shared it. I mean, how many, I wonder if God feels that way with us. I know he's patient. I know he's kind. I know that he's, he, he, he loves, he's the most patient person you'll ever meet. He can wait, he can, if he can march a, a generation 40 years in the desert, he is patient. Are you with me? He can be on hold for 50 years waiting on your pick, pick up. But I'm like, could, I, could it be that, that maybe God is trying to tell me something, but when I get in a conversation, I start giving him a laundry list of things I need. 
Lord, you know I need a family. You know I need this. You know I need clothes. You know I need jewelry. You know I need food. You know I need this. You know, you know I need the government to be doing this. I need to... And God's like, you know, I called you because I had something so important to share with you that would shift your whole generation. Just, just listen to what I got to say to you. Are, are you with me? Sometimes we got to enter in and just, just say, God, my ears are available. Open your ears, open your mind, open your heart. Just see what God wants to deposit in you. And he knows about, he already knows about the list. There's nothing on your list that he doesn't already know. He knows your toes are coming out the front of your shoes. He knows your husband hadn't listened in five years. Men are, men are dull. I only joke about that because I'm a man. Huh? I don't want to talk about women. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> In a good way. You know, women, you got, you're like a spider that can have all these thoughts going everywhere, and you can connect them all, and men try to follow those thoughts. And, or, uh, we like, you know, we give up. You know, it's a lot, and somehow you pull it all together, and that's what I was saying this. And you're like, what? how did you get there from 50 thoughts? Or you over here having a conversation, and she's over there, and, and she'll get into your conversation. Oh, yeah, Derek, that's on Thursday. I'm like, but you're in a conversation over here. How can you? See, you, women can do that, but, man, we like, God, give it to me one at a time. So we can't be talking too much in his presence because we're going to miss something. Psalms 27.4, one thing I've asked of the Lord, one thing, Jesus, he's so amazing. David runs the whole kingdom. I mean, what responsibilities does David have? You're a CEO of your own. You have a family, you have a job, you have a, a lot of stuff that you can come to God with. But he didn't care about the affairs of Israel. He cared, but... It wasn't the one thing. When he was in the presence of the, of the creator, when he was tapped into God, it wasn't about the laundry list of what Israel need. He said, this one thing, Lord, that I ask, this one thing, Lord, I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To do what? To gaze at the beauty. He didn't want to talk about it. He, he wanted to just see just, just show me something that I have not seen when I was 15. Show me something that I didn't learn in Bible college. Show me something that, that I didn't get from a teaching. Show me something that, that, that's new about who you are, God. So many times we get stuck in, I, I know everything, and, and, and we don't tap in. We, we miss things because we think we already understand that, so we never go back like God can't breathe something new on it. Are you with me? He said, God, I want to be this one thing. I want to sit in your presence, not just in my 20s, not just in my 30s, but all the days of my life. When I have a family, when I have uh, uh, responsibilities, when I have a whole kingdom, I want to dwell in your presence during that time of my life and gaze at the beauty of who you are and listen to him. Somebody say him. When the worship team's playing, all I can see is him. The word, words is nice, but the words take me to him. When, when Jim is preaching, all I can see is him. It's like the words are leave, leaving his mouth, and they're dancing on my heart. And, and it's coming alive. It's like a new sound that's playing in my heart. My prayer every, every day when I get here is, God, show me something new about you. Show me something new about you or, or express you through me to somebody. Are you with me? Each one of you are on a mission when you come to church. I like to say Sunday morning is the pep rally. This, this, is not where, this is not where I come to get my study. If I haven't studied all week, then this won't do me any good here. 
I have to know him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's the pep rally. I'm getting around a bunch of people that known him Monday, Wednesday. Are you with me? So we're expressing together how great he is. It's like being at an Ohio State game. But the one scoring touchdowns is Jesus. Are you with me? Can you imagine if you came, if you left this building and you went to life with that passion every day? It's all about him. Person cuts you off in traffic, it's all about him. You get home, the house is junky. It's all about him. Are you with me? Turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 28. This is one of my favorite scriptures, 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Notice that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which one's the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like, the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. This is, there is no commandment greater than this. You notice how God says all? He doesn't ask for what you don't have. He always asks for what you want to withhold. What you trying to keep back from him. So if God says you can love him with all your heart, you have the ability to do that. God will never ask you something for you don't for something that you don't have the ability to control. He asks you to love him with all of your strength. Strength deals with your resources. Why? He loves this way. You know, God doesn't want to be in a relationship where we don't love the same way he loves. Who wants, who wants to be in a relationship? Well, the person they're marrying loves them half the time. Think about that. If my wife says, you know what, I can deal with this part of you there, but I can't deal with that part. Who can deal with that? But if you can love with all of your heart, with all your soul, with your mind, your will, your emotions, you mean I can love you with my entire mind? Some stuff we need to just, just turn off. I took my cell phone, I deleted all the video games out of it. I said, these games are robbing me of time that I could be doing something else or growing somewhere in my life. What do we have to open up of our life, whether it be social media, and say, I'm going to have to put a pause here. I spend so much time here that it's robbing and let's get rid of all the excuses. Well, I need this for business. But you spend so much time not doing it for business. Think about it. What are areas that are robbing you from intimacy with God? Or intimacy with your family? And say, I'm going to take a pause there. And this time I'm giving up. I'm going to go after God. He says the second one is just as great as the first. Love your neighbor goes on to say, ask yourself. Well, there's a dilemma. What if I hate myself? How am I going to love my neighbor if I'm depressed all the time? If, if I don't like who God created me to be? Are you with me? But that second one comes out of loving myself. Loving myself comes out of rightfully seeing who Jesus is. When I fall in love with Jesus, I fall in love with what he created. 
I fall in love with me. If I like me, I'm going to love my neighbors like me. Guess what? If, if, if I have a need, I want people to come help me. Same with my neighbors. Neighbors go beyond the person next door. It's easy to love the person living next door to you. But can you love that person that is so different from you? Y'all have no way of connecting. You realize that we were all different from Jesus? I mean, he, he had to come and preach the kingdom of God. None of us knew. Are you with me? We, we, they, they had a teaching of what they thought was the kingdom. That's what he said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. Why? Because you, we, were, we had a, a little fraction of understanding. So he had to come and bring a new idea, one that nobody had an understanding but him. Are you with me? So don't get mad at sinners. Don't get mad at people who are want to do these laws and say, you know what? You have wrong ideas. Let me bring a new idea. Let me bring the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? I'm going to do something different here. <laughs> I want everybody that want to tap into this great revival that I believe is coming. And you want to let go of some things that is keeping you back or keeping you busy. And you want to just get some more, we used to call it screen time on phone, but bring string time with the Lord where you're gazing at who he is. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you that God release you into the, that the, the veils of anything that was hindering you from receiving and seeing him rightfully, that that be ripped apart, taken off your life. If you want to go deeper in the love of God, whatever it is, I want you to come up here. I'm going to pray with you. If I get Jordan, my wingman. <laughs>